Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh legend has a new old release. Our furry friends are back in town, and once again, it has been a hard-to-breathe week here in the Berg. We've got at least one way to help you try and make the best of it. It's June 30th, the Friday News Roundup. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. I'm with CityCast producers Mallory Falk. Good morning. Good morning. And Maria Carter. How's it going? Pretty well. How about you? I feel like I'm still recovering from earlier this week, from not breathing and from being sick the week before. It's just been a time. (laughs) That's the noise for Pittsburgh right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mallory, what about you? How's it? I don't know. How's the air been treating you? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. In some ways, I feel like I've sort of been transported back in time into what Pittsburgh must have looked like before uh, some of these factories got shut down. Although I know it was a lot worse back in the day. Like, we haven't had to turn on the street lamps during the day to be able to see. But uh, Well, if you weren't in Pittsburgh this week or you were living under a rock, breathing better air, I hope, we had a few code red air quality days this week. Um, I feel like I should know these colors by now, but I never remember them. Yeah. And again, this was from the smoke from the Canadian wildfires kind of making their way down to us. Yeah. And it's always the most confusing stuff to report on the air quality. You hear these AQI numbers. You'll see that there's like a red warning for an area. Got some purple warnings this time around. I know that's particularly upsetting to you, Mallory. You love purple. (laughs) It is. Purple is, I think of it as the most soothing color. And now it signals major emergency. Or really slushy winter weather. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes for us, What is a red, you know, code red in the morning isn't necessarily a red day overall because of how they calculate things. And as an editor, this was always super confusing to me and super hard to get right when you're trying to report on it. Yeah, well, and we're we're not the source for some of that information, but we will try to sum it up as best we can. Um, so AQI will have a link to a really handy chart about kind of how to read it. Um, earlier this week here in Pittsburgh, depending on what monitor you were looking at, we were listed as code red, which is very unhealthy, um, which ranges um, that AQI number between like 150 to 200. Um, parts of our area were as bad as like the 200 to 300 level, mm. um, but it's a combination of things. So It's ozone, particulate matter, which is a term most Pittsburghers have at least heard at some point, and then three other chemicals, carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, and nitrogen dioxide. None of that sounds particularly great to me, i got to be honest. Yeah, nothing I really want uh, breathing in my lungs. But 
I mean, this whole thing has made me realize that I kind of like haven't paid attention in the past to what our baseline AQI has been to understand Same. sort of like what an emergency situation we're in because Pittsburgh isn't really known for having the cleanest air um, on any day. But I, I still assume like we've got to be in better shape. Putting these wildfires aside, we've got to be in better shape than we at least used to be. I was floored to look at like some of the projections, like past AQIs and like a 10 day forecast. They do that for AQI the same way they do for the weather. You can be zero. The number can be zero. Like that's good air. Has anyone achieved that in, since the Industrial Revolution? We were in that zero to 50 good air quality window at the beginning of this past week. We had a day, one day out of the 10. This is blowing my mind. A green day. It's kind of bleak. Okay, so we know we were green at the beginning of this week, but even going back like historically, right, like the air used to just be so much worse in Pittsburgh than it is right now. I think it's, what, 60 years now since the passage of the Clean Air Act in 1963? That's 60, right? Which shout out to local hero Rachel Carson, who had a hand in getting that act passed. Totally. Um, It tried to tackle like some basic pollutants like diesel car tailpipes and coal power plants. Um, And slowly but surely, I guess our air improved. But now it's getting worse, apparently, over the last five years. Like we had like we hit a peak and now things are declining again because of climate change. One thing in terms of how we're keeping tabs on it, too, is that not every place in the U.S. actually tracks how we're doing and not even every place in Pennsylvania. So you have to have something like a monitor present in your county to get a good reading. And gosh, what is it? I think 40 out of 67 counties in Pennsylvania are have enough monitors that we can be graded on at least some measure of our air quality on any given day. And one of those is Allegheny County, right? Of course. Um, We're not doing great. We're not as bad as I thought we were, though. Do you want to take a guess? It's a letter grade A to F. What do you think we are? C minus. (laughs) Mallory, you want to try? Well, before you hinted that it wasn't as bad as you expected, I was going to go F, but I'll say maybe D+. Uh, You're both kind of in the right ballpark, at least. Um, So there's two measures. This is already new information to me. Um, They measure based on ozone, um, which is like kind of an atmospheric presence. And then for particulate matter, which can be a combination of like liquids and solids and pollutants that kind of build up in the air over time. So we were C for ozone in our last report card, which measured like 2021-ish, and an F for particulate matter. It was us in Lancaster. We were the worst in the state. Get it together, Allegheny County. I mean, we're trying. (laughs) We keep closing Coke plants. Like, that's helping. I was going to say, did they point to any reasons why, like, we are at the bottom along with Lancaster? No, the charts I was looking at, like, just kind of measure, like, our air quality days, like, how many orange, how many red, how many purple. Um, But there's also, like, you know, you can find lists online of, like, our top polluters. Like, Pittsburgh is still considered to have, like, among the dirtiest air in the country. I think it was Mm -hmm. 179 days in 2022. We had elevated levels, like danger levels, for smog or fine particulates. It's sad. So uh, what can we do about this if we're worried about this and want to have better air in our home or office or wherever. 
Yeah, I'm going to go super practical, super like individual solutions, which are not, you know, there's only so much you can do. But uh, I really got to shout out Adrian Gonzalez, who's a roving newsletter producer with CityCast, who put together a very Woo-woo. handy um, how to make your own air purifier guide that we will share in our show notes. Um, because, you know, one of the things folks are recommending is to get an air purifier for your home, but those are really pricey. So he put together some tips for how to create your own um, on the cheap. Is that some of those things I've seen with fans and filters? Exactly, exactly. I have not seen this at all. How does this work? I think it's like you get a box fan and some, like, HEPA filters and kind of, like, tape them on there. You just... Did my job for me. Like, that's exactly <laughs> it. Wait, really? It's it's that simple? It's yeah. that simple. You get a, I mean, he recommends a square fan because most air filters are like square rectangle shape. Um, so, you know. Oh, like the box ones. Got it. Okay. Exactly. Um, then get a filter. Um, and, you know, you can pick those up at like Lowe's, Home Depot. Um, and then you, yeah, just basically like attach it to your fan with duct tape or packing tape. And you just want to make sure it's like sealed as tight as possible. I was reading something on NPR that says this kind of solution can maybe reduce the air pollution indoors by about 50 percent. So, you know, it's not perfect, but it's like a pretty good in an emergency situation. um, If you don't have a lot of money on hand, it's it's something. Um, And Adrian also included a link um, to a tutorial from the wire cutter. If you know my very basic description, <laughs> if you're a more visual learner, um, so we'll be sure to link to that as a kind of bare minimum way to try to protect yourself indoors while while all this is going on. It makes me wonder what's gonna come like in the next few days, right? Like, because earlier this week, like the city canceled a fair number of things. Like there were some street parties that got moved. Stage AE moved My Morning Jackets concert from the outdoor arena to the indoor one. Um, Like, are we going to have fireworks on Tuesday night? Like, are we really going to like do the American thing and like Mm. put up a bunch of smoke and smog that doesn't have to be in our atmosphere, make it worse? If Canada ruins this for us, (laughs) I'm going to be so angry. (laughs) Like, I want, I love fireworks, but like, is that wise? I don't, Damn it, Canada. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. On a more uplifting note, maybe, depending on how you feel about it, there's a new Mac Miller record, which I'm excited to check out this weekend. 
Yeah, it's technically a new old Mac Miller record. I mean, we can't have completely new Mac Miller stuff. Unfortunately, he passed away. Yeah, it's a reissue of his second album, Watching Movies with the Sound Off. It's the 10th anniversary of that album. And this is the one that went from making him like just a popular kind of party rap guy into making him critically acclaimed. Um, So this is going to have, I think, about three new songs on it. And it's already out on Spotify and other streaming services if you are a listener or you can get it on vinyl. Um, But how familiar is everyone here with Mac Miller? I mean, that album came out the year that I moved to Pittsburgh, so it was like kind of oddly the soundtrack for a lot of that summer. Sure. It's very nostalgic to me, but like in a very specifically Pittsburgh way. Yeah. I just, you know, I really feel like he's just like one in a line of famous Pittsburghers who've just really like put in a good word for Pittsburgh or like make our city look really good because by all accounts, he was just such a great guy and... I just remember, like, when he started getting national acclaim, feeling really proud that this was somebody representing our city. And he referenced, like, the city a lot in his work, too. Like, not unlike Wiz Khalifa and the, you know, Taylor gang. Um, You know, he talked about Blue Slide Park and referenced, like, little pieces of Pittsburgh in a lot of his music. It was nice. And every time he and Ariana Grande appeared together while they were together, like, she would sometimes do it, too. It was kind of fun to hear see the city represented in that way like he was pulling her along into his pittsburgh fandom i mean you know joe mangianello does that too with his wife sofia vergara like it's it's yeah. cool to see celebrities like you know pittsburgh it's catching be attached to other celebrities and then find <laughs> out we're kind of cool you know yeah i think mallory and megan you really hit it on the head he is like quintessential pittsburgh in that way that he loves pittsburgh Um, And that is one of his defining features. Uh, He does reference it a lot. And I think you're also really right that he was known for just being a good guy, very supportive of others in the hip hop community, giving a lot of chances to like other people as he was coming up, working with them, really collaborating Um, like he brought, I think, like Kendrick Lamar and Chance the Rapper as opening acts. Um, for him on early tours. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he was like, I think, helping raise up a lot of voices that we're all familiar with now. Um, Of course, he did die five years ago, I think, as many people might remember. Um, Do you guys remember much about that? More than I want to. There was a vigil in Blue Slide Park, and it was was so sad. Yeah. It was, I mean, it, it was really sad. Uh, he died from an accidental drug overdose. Um, he apparently thought he was taking oxycodone or Percocet. And instead, he was taking some fake pills that were laced with fentanyl and um, overdosed because of that. The one thing I remember being struck by, you know, like once Pittsburgh got past like just the shock of losing someone like him, especially like right as he was doing what I think was some of the best work that he'd been doing, like the album Swimming was like so, so good. Um, And that came out just two weeks before he died. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just starting to hit like major airwaves. Um, But what happened to the drug dealer that sold him those those pills? Um, Yeah. There were actually three people charged and they were charged with um, 
distribution of drugs resulting in death. Which I think was the first time that someone had been charged for being an intermediary like that. Like, it just happened that it was Mac Miller. It's not the first time, okay. but it's not a common charge um, because... So it seems like it's becoming more common. Right. Yeah. This was like part of the like rise of fentanyl and like what to do about it. Yeah. It, it's one of those charges that's harder to prove because you have to kind of prove that but for these drugs that person wouldn't have died and that, you know, so this was actually kind of a perfect case because he thought he was taking one thing and they were pills that were really something else. Um, And there are dozens of cases that this charge has been used in, but it is pretty rare because it's hard to prove. How do y'all feel about posthumous musical drops and stuff like this? I have squishy feelings. Because, you know, as an artist, like you choose what goes out there under your name and likeness. And it's odd to me when an estate decides, nah, we're just going to go ahead and ship out all that other stuff you were maybe still working on or weren't as proud of or for whatever reason decided not to release while you were alive. It, 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 it It's icky. I mean, I think a lot of artists end up doing this themselves if they end up to be older. But it's their choice, right? Or they get to rework it or it feels more true to them 20 years later. You know, if you're the Beatles and you're doing it, you're out there making a buck off of a half-finished song. Not necessarily. That's actually a good example because the Beatles don't own most of their catalog or didn't for a very long time. Michael Jackson did. Yeah, but they just re-released a song that... They did some AI stuff with to get John Lennon's voice off of the scene. That feels gross to me. <laughs> and that's the thing is, I just I think maybe a reality of being an artist today is maybe having like something in writing um, about whether you'd support a posthumous drop, whether you support using AI, whether you support being made into like a hologram on a stage. Like there's just so much weirdness that can happen with technology now that it seems like maybe a feature of being an artist now is kind of having these directives about um, how to use your work and your likeness after your death. But someone as young as Mac Miller, like you wouldn't necessarily be thinking about that. I mean, I don't know. I feel like most people are still like kind of behind the eight ball on living wills, you know, let alone like what my estate should do with my art. No, and none of that, like, I don't, there's no reason why that would be an expectation that Mac Miller would have done or thought of that. I mean, and interestingly, he, his family released a CD shortly after he died of music that he'd been working on and intending to release, the album Circles. Um, So, you know, I think there was some debate then whether that was a finished album, it was recorded I'm sure it would have been slightly different if he had lived to see that completely all the way out. Well, he was such an incredible producer. Who knows how he might have changed it before it came out, you know? Yeah. But also, I mean, I think if you're a big fan, part of me is like, unless if the person has explicitly said no, there's more chance to get more music of the person that you love and adore i guess 
um, well, if you're local to Pittsburgh um, and excited about this drop or just, you know, being in community with folks that also missed and appreciate him, um, there is a fifth annual celebration of life. It's going to be at Spirit and at Blue Slide Park on September 2nd. Um, So we'll put details to that in the show notes. And of course, a big one this weekend is AnthroCon. Um, It officially started yesterday and runs through Sunday, I think. Yeah, it is the 16th year that Pittsburgh has hosted AnthroCon. Have either of you been before? I have not. Not inside the Westin, but I have furry watched many, many times. For anyone who may not be familiar with this annual Pittsburgh tradition, um, every summer, thousands of people this year, it's expected to be about 10,000 come to the city for the celebration of anthropomorphic, oof, that word is tough. You did it, you got um, it. Characters, <laughs> art, writing. Music, they, it's so fun. I love to see the interpretations of the characters and how into it these folks get. Yeah, uh, there are so many incredible events, um, both, you know, for the furries specifically and then for like the entire Pittsburgh community. I was looking at the events list this year and there were things like, how can I 3D print a fursuit head? Um, This one near and dear to my heart, Jewish furries being a furry and maintaining a Jewish life, which is being led by the furry Rebbe. Um, and then one for uh, parents. So your kid dragged you to AnthroCon to help them kind of like understand the culture. So I don't know. I just like love that breadth of activities. But of course, like the big main event, which is happening this Saturday, is the AnthroCon parade and block party. Megan, this is what you've observed before. No, actually, I've never made it to the parade. So what some friends and I used to do is we would, we called it Furry Safari, and we would get down to Condado or that space. It's been several restaurants in the years that we've been doing this, um, snag a table like when they first open, and then just like 20 of us would sit there and have drinks and talk to the furries as they went by, and we would sometimes buy them things, and it's just great. It's like such a wonderful moment to be an ambassador for a town like Pittsburgh, Because they come here because we're friendly, like we're nice. That's all it takes is just being a nice person and talking to them about why they're here and what they love about it and what their character means to them. Like, I don't know, it's like a storyteller. It's like a blast. Well, and I love, I mean, speaking of them coming here because we're nice, I love any chance to uh, knock on our sister podcast, CityCast Philly. Uh, (laughs) Philly used to host AnthroCon. And um, I was reading this incredible reporting from Ryan Dito back when he was at City Paper about kind of why Pittsburgh then became the furry mecca. Yeah, because they've been in Pittsburgh since 2006, seven. Like, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, apparently, like, they had been in Philly. They were considering maybe moving somewhere else. And then some reps from Visit Pittsburgh approached the organizers. And I guess, like, the main organizer at the time... um, He told Ryan Dito that he was like, Pittsburgh is just a smoky city. Why would we come here? And uh, Visit Pittsburgh was like, come on, just visit, give us a chance. And he came and fell in love with the city and decided to move it here. Um, And he says that he unfairly stereotyped Pittsburgh, just like furries get unfairly stereotyped. And so now feels this real kinship with Pittsburgh of like people have all these ideas about who we are. But once you meet and experience us, you'll fall in love. And so... I love that connection. That's so sweet. 
So, you know, if you want to check out the the fursuit parade and the Anthrocon block party, which is really kind of the best way, I think, to experience the furries in all of their glory, <laughs> um, it's happening downtown um, between 9th and 11th Street. Uh, there's a parade that's starting around 145, and then that's followed immediately by the block party. And so everybody's welcome to come to attend to celebrate. And then I love this detail that there's going to be temporary fursuit headless zones set up around the block party um, so that, you know, because it's like getting pretty hot in Pittsburgh. And so this is a way for folks to take their heads off for a minute and cool down um, and then go back and enjoy the rest of the party. (laughs) That's the consistent joke about Anthrocon in Pittsburgh is it's always the weekend of the 4th of July and so, so hot outside. So it's nice to be able to have a little bit of a reprieve. Um, Another thing to look for this weekend is some food and drink specials. There's always some good ones on Penn and Liberty Avenues. Um, Sometimes stuff is served in like a cat or a dog bowl, or you can get your beverage served to you in an extra long straw so that you can keep your head, your alter ego on at the same time. Um, It's just nice to be respectful and friendly and get to know some folks that are new to the community or new to Pittsburgh or returning and so excited to be here. It's, It's a good opportunity to be a good neighbor as well. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. A special shout out this week to the folks behind Observatory Hill, Inc. They heard us talking about the fantastic neighborhood home tour that they do every year, and they invited us to check it out. I rode my first Molly's trolley, climbed a lot of stairs, saw an alleged war hall in someone's parlor, and got a teeny tutorial about rug hooking. It was a big day out. Thanks again to listener Brian L. for inviting us along. Our music is by Benji. Mallory Falk is our lead producer. Our audio producer is Maria Carter. Francesca DeBecco writes our newsletter. And I'm your host, Megan Harris. We'll be back on Monday with more news from around the city. We hope you have a good weekend, Yins. Like for some folks, this is your alter ego. You don't want to be without your head. I don't want to be without my head, alter ego or no. (laughs)